Hey, welcome to the Recappers Podcast. I'm Todd. And I'm Nat. So, Todd, we got some basketball to catch up on, man. Last time we talked, it was 2-0 in the Clippers Sun Series, and now it's not 2-0. And also, back then, the Eastern Conference Finals hadn't even started yet. We're going to catch up on a lot of basketball today. We're going to talk about the state of each series, recap the games that have gone on, and also just talk about who we have going into the finals, honestly. Are you ready for it, man? Let's do it. Alright, so we're going to start with the Suns-Clippers series. So we got that la- that game two was an incredible finish. Have yeah, we, we, talked talked, about- we talked a little bit about that. Yeah, but definitely a seri- the series has definitely changed a little bit since then. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, on the Suns-Clippers series as it, as it stands after uh, game five? Well, dude, I'm, I might be just like a believer, but I honestly think the Clippers are still in it. And I don't know how you feel about it, but I mean, Avika Zubac was playing unbelievable basketball in games three and four, and, I mean, the the Clippers, you know, rotted away game three, which was unfortunate, and then, or was it game four? Whichever one Paul George missed both the free throws. It was game four. Oh, wait, no, that was a different game. It was game four that they had to lead. He missed two, he missed multiple free throws Multiple in both free games. throws, that's what it was. Yeah, then goes off for 41. There were some five. tough calls, too, in game four. A lot of times, I mean, I clearly saw the ball go off of Cameron Payne's hand, and they didn't review it, and then they went on and played on, and then the Clippers lose the game they got they got the short end of the stick and we talked about this a little bit but the Clippers benefited from a lot of calls in the first couple series and they are not benefiting from the calls in this series and I think I mean part of me thinks the NBA just has it out for uh, the Clippers and wants the Suns to win this but also it's a little bit self-inflicted I was watching the game with a couple friends uh, game four and honestly the Clippers had so many chances to win it and they just shot so poorly down the stretch they were sloppy with the ball like, you can blame it on officiating. You know, they missed a couple calls, obviously, but, like, that's not why they lost the game. Yeah. Um, and then game five, the Clippers won it, and... Yeah, the Clippers definitely won it. I mean, you were big on the Zubac move, uh, like, yeah. giving him well, a bigger role. It's weird because Zubac played so well, but I think, honestly, him getting hurt is a better thing for the Clippers. And, you, I mean, it's crazy to think about this. I told you, Tyler's a good coach, man. Everyone thought when DeMarcus Cousins, when um, Zubats got hurt, DeMarcus Cousins would be starting. But yeah. they put in Marcus Morris instead. And he knows what he's doing, man. He's doing what they did to Gobert. They're making Aiton not be in the paint. Because that is so, why, like, I mean, game five was so high scoring. You want to know why? It's because Aiton couldn't just stand in the paint. They have five shooters out on the court. Aiton has to be playing defense out on the perimeter, which opens up the lane for Paul George to drive, hit those mid-range jump shots. Reggie Jackson to drive. Dude, I think they found the winning formula. I think Zubat's getting hurt is going to be a blessing in disguise for these guys. And I think they have a chance. I I mean, I don't know if they pull it off. I do think they win game six, though. Yeah, I definitely agree that it that like those moves have helped. But then it's like you're depending on, like, Morris, who's been really inconsistent all postseason. I mean, he got, what, like, 22 last night? and then, He was going off, man. Yeah. And then, he was abusing uh, Devin Booker. It was pretty... Bad. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, and then efficient shooting. Same with, I mean, obviously Paul George had an amazing game, and then Reggie Jackson also had a great game. But then, are those same performances going to continue into Game Six? I think they can. They're going at Devin Booker a little bit. I actually, you and I disagreed on this a little bit. I said that I thought Devin Booker was a decent defender, and he is getting just bullied. No, I, I said he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I. So we disagreed on yeah. that. Yeah, and I think, I think the Clippers do have a winning formula. They're going at Devin Booker defensively. Well, offensively, so make Devin Booker play a little bit of defense. He's played poorly in a lot of these games, and I don't think that's just coincidental. 
Patrick Beverly's getting under his skin on the opposite side. But I do think that they have a little bit of winning formula. They have the they have the Rudy Gobert effect, man. They have five just scorers, shooters that can just light up the outside and make Aiton not be in the paint, which, as I said, opens up the paint. Like, I don't know if they pull it off, but I think they have the winning formula. I think that this injury to Zubats is going to be a blessing in disguise, although Zubats is playing super well. He lets Aiton play better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, although Zubats is doing all the dirty work, getting all these boards, like, he is still letting Aiton play to his strengths, which is being the paint, dominating the paint on both sides. And I think I think that they've figured out a little bit of a winning formula. And, of, of course, like, good shooting helps. Like, everyone on the Clippers shot, finally shot, like, decently this last game. And I think I'm a regression to mean guy, man. They're the best shooting team in the league this year. I think they continue to shoot well. And if so, Aiden's not going to come out and contest that, then... So I'll now, like, kind of, uh, not to, like, segue away from this, but... With the Clippers, uh, or the 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 Clippers playing well at the end of uh, the Jazz series without Kawhi, and then now playing this essentially this whole series without Kawhi, forcing a Game Six that back to their home court that they definitely could win. I don't know if they will, but they could, uh, and force a Game Seven. Is it like? I mean, would you say it's like they should go towards the path of like making Paul George like the guy, and then getting? Well, I mean, Kawhi's a free agent, but moving on from Kawhi. Dude, I don't know if you make that decision. I think, I think... they If Kawhi's playing in the series, is it the same effect? Or do you think they're playing better without him? Dude, if they had Kawhi, I think they are winning this series. The only person who gets affected by Kawhi is Paul George. Yeah. And essentially, Kawhi normally plays just as well as Paul George has been playing. Am I right? Like, yeah. I, I don't think you jump ship like that. I think you stay the course if you're them. And, I mean, this is going off topic like we discussed, but... I think you stay the course. I don't think you give up on a team after two years either. Like, yeah. it, ta- it takes a while to coexist, and especially a team that ball dominant. That a team started started gel with two superstars. Yeah, you know, you got to learn. You got to learn your role. Obviously, you could tell Paul George is a little bit more comfortable without Kawhi Leonard, but Kawhi Leonard is the same anywhere. <laughs> like, doesn't yeah, matter. Really and even the regular season, like Paul George plays really well with Kawhi Leonard. So, is it a bad thing? Like, I don't think it is. Like, you're arguably the best team in the regular season. Like you don't just blow that up. Do you think it's fine? You think it's uh, uh, appropriate to give Ty Lue props because a lot of people slack him as a coach. I do because he inserted Reggie Jackson to the starting lineup. Yeah, I feel like he's made a lot of adjustments this Nick postseason. Nick Batum in the first series to the starting lineup. Marcus Morris playing center instead. Like he's made a lot of differences. And in the Mavs series, like he's gone down two zero in both the Mavs and the Jazz series. Made adjustments. Came back. Won four straight games. I think. I think that he's been, This is kind of the same thing. He's done very well. He's done very well. I, I don't think any of this blame should be on Ty Lue because he has made every good adjustment. Like, look at all the adjustments he's made. Like, benching Patrick Beverly in the first round. Like, are we looking back at that and being like, what, he, what was he doing? No, we're, we're praising him for yeah, it. Yeah, because now Patrick Beverly's having a great series. Like, what about when Kawhi went hurt, got hurt and they inserted Terrence Mann into the starting lineup and he's dropped 39? Like, no one's talking about him doing that. And then also... Terrence Mann, it's easier to ride the hot hand on that, right? Like, why don't you start him again? Like, because he sees something differently. He started Marcus Morris instead. Yeah. And it worked for them. Like, well, Marcus Morris was already starting, but they started you know, switching to Patrick Beverly, uh, the primary defender on Devin Booker, after Patrick Beverly struggled in the first round against Luka. It's just these small adjustments that he's making have actually made a difference. It's, for once, I'm not a big person in coaching is, like, the main problem. And in this situation, I actually am a proponent for coaching actually benefiting the team 
honestly. I think so, too, because I kind of think that's what hurt him last year in the bubble, is that I don't think Doc Rivers really makes adjustments, and then Ty Lue does. So I think that's kind of what yeah. has been the difference. Plus, um, if he forces a game seven, I would be extremely impressed. If he, if he comes back down 2-0 in the Mavs, comes down, down 2-0 versus the Jazz, the best team in the West, and then he's down 2-0 to at least force a game seven and then against down the Suns. And then... Yeah, I'd be, yeah, I'd be extremely impressed. But we'll have to see what happens in game six. So then... wait, are you thinking, do you think the Suns win this still? Yeah. Okay, you think they win in six or seven? It's really hard to say it just because I, I don't I, I have a hard time pull, there's like Chris Paul has like the Tracy McGrady effect where he just like seems like he can't move on to the next round. I just don't understand how he can't get to the finals. He's up three two and it's the same thing uh, that he was with in Houston where he's one game away. I, so I'm gonna say the Suns win, but I'm like at a slight like fifty five percent, sixty percent. Gotcha. No more I, than sixty percent. I, I think, think the Clippers win game six for sure, personally. I, I wouldn't home. be surprised. They're That's going back home. I think, like I said, they have the winning formula. Winning Game Seven on the road is going to be tough. Yeah, That's, but you know that's what, the only thing. You know, what, so we've kind of talked about this, like with all the postseason Game Sevens. I think if the Clippers win Game Six, they'd be the first Game Seven team. Like every team that's gone into Game Seven besides the Bucks, that was the only one that I picked. But all the other ones, I would be confident in the in the Clippers actually winning Game Seven. Yeah. Now seeing what they did in Game Five, winning about like sixteen points. I would, I, if they force Game Seven, I, I think they, they, they. I'd probably honestly pick them to win. Wow, and also, how bad would it be if Chris Paul had two chances in the Western Conference Finals, up three one, and loses both those series? Like, that would just be very unfortunate. But that's gonna well, happen. And what's crazy is that they went up two zero without him, so it's <laughs> like they have a worse record now with him in than. I mean, he played very bad in Game Three, but he yeah. actually has played well the last two games. It's not his fault that they lost. I no. mean, it's just. It's just a team effort. Devin Booker actually has not played super well, but of course. Yeah, it's a game of adjustments, so we'll have to see what Monty yeah. Williams does for I mean, uh, if you think about this logically, game two should have been the Clippers two. They should be up. Yeah, because Paul they George. Be up 3-2 right Paul now. George hits those free throws, then I mean, it's a completely different scenario. Up 3 2, going into going to a home game in game six, and that's that's game. Without Paul George. Or sorry, without Kawhi. Yeah, that's insane. Like, honestly, these Clippers are just so much better. If you would have told me that you'd have. You'd be you'd have to win two games with Chris Paul and, a, and lose four, and they don't have Kawhi. I would have laughed in your face at the beginning of the series. But I'll say this too: I'm not a Clippers fan, but I I start to like root for them like throughout the, this series. And I'll say I'll say why. For one, Jay Crowder's a punk. Yeah, he is. And Devin Booker's a little bit of a baby too. I'm yeah, not gonna lie to you; he's a little bit of a you know he he complains a lot. Like I see, he has that Ben Simmons effect to me, where he kind of thinks he's better than he is. Yeah. Even though Devin Booker hasn't won anything yet, like it's all great to like you know score thirty a game in the season when you're like the eleventh seed, but he hasn't like this is his first like true this is his first postseason. Yeah. So he's like carrying. I mean, I obviously I agree like the whole like uh, confidence thing, but I don't know. He has the same effect that to ben he's better Simmons than me. Ben Simmons though. Hey, <laughs> like, I would say, like, almost half the NBA is right there. So ben, ben Simmons is But I, what I'm saying is, like, there's a play where Paul George had an easy fast break, and he got fouled, and the rest didn't call it, and he turned the ball over in that possession. And then Devin Booker on the other side gets fouled and shoots two free throws. And, like, yeah. Paul George barely complained about it. A couple of plays later, Paul George gets ripped again. This one was a different type of rip. He uh, got his jersey pulled from Devin Booker, and Cam Johnson stole it, goes down the court, gets an and one, and Marcus Morris... He didn't even foul him, and he wasn't complaining that of the foul call. You know what he was complaining about? On the other side, Paul George got fouled, and that's like 
that's like the brotherhood of like the NBA. Like I'm not, I'm going to make a statement by complaining about what you, what just happened to you, not making, not complain about what I just did. Right. Yeah. And I, I like that. And I don't like the Clippers by any means. Like, don't get me wrong, but I think part of them being the underdog by so like such a wide margin this series has made me like root for them a little bit. Yeah. I definitely do not like the Clippers, but I do like Paul George. I've always liked Paul George. Yeah. Even with all his like weird paths his NBA career has taken, I still like him, but you know, and, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. And everyone loves the underdog story, right? Like Kawhi Leonard, no Kawhi Leonard versus like a Goliath, like Suns team who's the heavy favorites, and they're like hanging around. Like that's fun to see a little bit, you know? Like disregard that it's the Clippers. Like say it was any other team. Like you're kind of rooting for the Hawks just low key, even though you think the Bucks are gonna win, right? Like it's because they're the underdogs, right? Yeah, that's why, that's why at heart you're a Mavs fan. <laughs> I hate the Mavs. Well, they are the biggest underdogs to, like, the worst team in the league. But... Yeah, but, um, yeah. That's a good segue, actually. Um... So, talking about, yeah, speaking of underdogs, uh, we got this uh, bucks Hawks series that, you know, we've both been surprised that the Hawks even made it to this point. Yeah. Because we, we thought, you know, well, I mean, I, don't th- I, don't, I think we both, well, I had to go with the Knicks just because of the NBA. I, as I'm an NBA fan. But uh, <laughs> we both were surprised the last series, so... Hawks Bucks. Now we've got a chance to like watch uh, three games of the series. Uh, what are your thoughts? So, I think the Bucks are so much better than the Hawks, but the Hawks somehow stole Game One. Always tend to happen. I mean, I I just don't understand it. I think that the Bucks are just so much more talented than the Hawks, and I've thought that about every like team pretty much except the Knicks that the Hawks have played, and they just somehow continue to win. But I think games two and uh, three kind of. Showed me why the Bucks are there. I mean, Chris Middleton, bro, he played so bad in Game One, and this dude, he's just known now as the like Game One. Just chalk it up as you, he's gonna be bad, and then Game. Yeah, he's three, a very like he's like the most inconsistent like second piece for any team I've seen. Well, according to Kendrick Perkins, he's the he's the Batman, and he, uh, <laughs> and Giannis is the Robin. I don't know if I agree with that per se, Kendrick but game. Perkins, Kendrick Perkins needs to get off TV. I was seeing him. I was seeing him see, see some crazy stuff yesterday. Well, game three though, he looked like Batman, dude. Yeah. That dude. But you need that as your second player, but uh, like a player that can take over. Like think of any NBA run for a championship, and there's always like a time where like let's let's say the Warriors. Like Steph is obviously their best player, but how many times in the postseason do you see Clay step up and carry that and carry a win? Uh, numerous. Yeah. So something you need, you need that, and that's I think always been the problem with the Bucks, is that you knew Giannis would score, but you're never gonna see like a, you know, like almost. I mean, Milton almost had 40 points here tonight. Yeah, and he scored a lot of that in the fourth. I think he had 20 in the fourth, dude. That dude is so smooth. Chris Middleton might be, he might be inconsistent at times, but dude, what if he was on his own team? What if he didn't play for the Bucks? Like he would be, he would be one of the best players like in this league, in my opinion. He'd be a top fifteen player in the league. Uh, do you not? Do you think so? If he um, take the ball out of Giannis's hands, like would you take probably, Chris? Probably not fifteen, but maybe twenty top twenty five. Okay. I can name I can name fifteen players better, like who I'd take before him. Okay, I'll still take that though. That's that's pretty that's pretty underappreciated though, right? Like no one thinks about no one thinks about him most of the time. Like where do you rank him now? I don't rank him. I don't even think about him in my top like forty. <laughs> you know, like normally, like maybe. Yeah, under. I mean, I still maybe not even put him in the top twenty-five, but I mean, he could be, he could be arguably like twenty top twenty-five players. And he's a he's a winner. Though, he's twenty, too. like he's like a twenty-five and five player. You know and how many? And he's really good. He's a plus defender too. You know how many like game winners he's had? He had one against the, um, the 
Heat in the first series. He's had a lot of game winners. He hits a lot of clutch shots. He does really well. He's a really good player, man. I mean, besides, like, inconsistent shooting games, he does play, like, efficiently. Like, he doesn't, like, play out of his out of his game. Yeah. And, I mean, he does have bad shooting nights, but, like, he also has really good shooting nights. He's a pretty efficient player overall. Yeah. Good playmaker, great defender. He's a good player. I think he's very underappreciated. He might be the most underrated player in the league, in my opinion, because no, no one really talks about him. But he's an all-star every season. Yeah, he got the extension, and then people were kind of... Uh, um, complain that it was a lot of money and we always talk about this we talk about this a little bit but i mean having a fit is like just as important as like how like the stats you put up right 100 this dude fits in with anyone this dude is like the clay thompson to steph yeah and how many players in the nba are like that like there's so many players who just don't fit the team that they're on yeah we talked about this everyone's talking about dame coming to dallas he's not coming to dallas by the way new slash mavs fans you guys don't have the pieces to trade for him and he does not want to play for dallas i'm just gonna be real why would he want to come to a team who never... Just just trust me. Uh, point is, though, it wouldn't make the Mavericks that much better if they got Damian Lillard because... They have the same type of player. Yeah, you have the same type of player. Like, you need a player like Chris Middleton. Well, take two instances where it didn't work. Houston, Harden, West, Harden-Westbrook, D.C., uh, Westbrook. Beal. Yeah, there's Westbrook a, There's a common theme here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, think... Like, I mean, I'm almost on the belief that... Like, even, like, it's hard to find players that complement each other. I'm almost on the belief that they should trade Jalen Brown. Well, if you think about, yeah, that's that's very true. That's a good point. But you got to think about this. Like, honestly, if you're the Mavericks, would you rather have Chris Middleton on your team? Yeah, 100%. Or, or David I'd rather have I'd rather have Middleton and then, like, better post players uh, than, than uh, Lillard, who you're paying, like, a lot of money to get, like, you know he's going to get his 25 points. Yeah. But how does it help you win games? That's what it's I'm saying. It's about winning games. Like, it's not about it, winning. It's not about, like, stuffing the stat sheet. Is Damian Lillard a better player than Chris Middleton? 100% yeah. he is. But that doesn't mean he's the best fit for you. Yeah, if you're team. building a team, of course, you'd pick him over. That's over like putting, like, Ben Simmons and, like, DeAndre Ayton on the same team. Uh, maybe, maybe not Ayton. Uh, I don't know. Well, Ben Simmons and, like, another Ben Simmons. I would Simmons. still probably say it's like kind of the same thing because both players don't really, like, have, like, an offensive presence. Like, yeah. I don't think that's what makes DeAndre Aiden a great player. I think it's just, like, the complete package you get with him. Yeah. So I'd probably say it's kind of like that. But, but I think that's why CJ and Dame don't really work together. Yeah. So that's the point. Like, it's not all about just having, like, t- hey, let's have, like, three top five players on our team. I mean, the Nets had that. I Didn't mean, work. They might have won, let's be real, if they were healthy. But what I'm saying is, like, it doesn't always work out. Yeah. Right? Like, you have to be able to fit in. And I think Chris Middleton's one of those players that can fit in anywhere. That being said, like, he is an unbelievable player. Could he be 100% the guy? Maybe not. He needs that, that load, like, taken from him a little bit. I would definitely say if there's a standing of, like, top 15 players that fit in on any team, Chris Middleton has to be, like, within the top 15. I think he's top five. Probably, yeah. A swing player who plays defense can shoot. Clay would be in the top score. five. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. He's a great player. But... I mean, he he carried them to that game and winning game three. What if they don't win that game? Like this, com- the series could be completely different. Yeah. Now with, uh, I mean, this, this came out. F- this came out not too long ago. Yeah, but. with game four, Trey Young out. I mean, they could go up three one in the series. So then it's like, well, do they wrap it up at home? And then it's a five game series at that point now. Yeah. Because of, of that performance on game three. Yeah, I think they wrap it up in five. I think so too. Even think- if Trey Young was playing, I would think that though. I just think they're just much more. Talented. I think they win tonight, and then they go and, you know. Uh, wrap it up in Milwaukee. Yeah, but I I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks did come out a little bit flat, knowing that Trey Young's hurt. That tends to happen. You ever see that? Like, think about when Zubats got hurt, and then 
the Clippers come out and they play inspired basketball. Right? Kawhi Leonard got hurt. They come out and they play inspired basketball. Like, that does happen. It does. And so, I mean, I'd be interested to see how... But I just don't think it'll happen versus the Bucks. I think, like, some teams it does, but I don't know if it'll happen against them. Yeah, I think the Bucks. I think the Bucks win it, though. Like, I'm not saying that they don't. I think the Bucks win it in five. That's my final prediction. That was my prediction to start the series, too. What do you think? Still five? For, I mean, still six, or are you going five now? I would have said six if Trey Young didn't get hurt, but I think it's five. Yeah. I think it's going to be... I think I'm, if everybody's healthy, it's the same prediction, but I think, like... I mean, I'd be very surprised if the Bucks lost tonight. Yeah, they, they, I don't think they will. I should have thrown a lot of money on that. I mean, I did try to throw a lot of money on it, but um, Trey Young got ruled out after I placed some bets, so <laughs> it didn't work out too well. But it's okay. It's okay. Hopefully, I mean, I'll get my money back on that, and then hopefully I win my other bets, and I'll come out positive tonight. But um, next episode, what are we going to talk about, Todd? Uh, we're going to talk about this Game 6 coming up for this uh, Suns-Clippers series. Can Chris Paul finally make the leap to the... To the next round That's to go so the NBA sad, Finals. Man. We already know he can't. <laughs> He's a Hall of Famer regardless, but yeah, it's. Uh, I, I hope he makes that leap, uh, and then we'll see how this Bucks uh, Bucks Hawks series turns out. If can can the uh, can the Hawks win without Trey Young? Um, I doubt it, but and now yeah, you doubt it as well. But we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, I didn't. I doubted the Bucks with Trey Young. So. I mean, and without then, Trey Young, how much more? Like, yeah. it's even worse, I guess. But both will be good points uh, to to recap next episode. For sure. We'll be talking about that. Thank you again, as always, for uh, following and listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Please hit that follow button if you're listening and enjoy the content. We got a lot of content coming. We always say it. But we have a lot of episodes uh, that we'll be getting out, not just the recaps. This is, of course, our Monday, or it's actually Tuesday, but um, it's our recap episode, one yeah. of them. And... We're excited. We're excited to bring more content, and we're we're looking forward for the ride, guys. Anything to add, Todd? Nope. Let's see what how I'll see this NBA future NBA Finals pr- prediction uh, coming up. Yeah, man, I'm excited to see uh, who's in the who's going to be in the finals, and you know there could be. Obviously, we have our predictions for who we think is going there, but it could be any of these teams, right? Like that's why you play yeah. basketball. So I'm excited to see that, and we'll see. We'll be talking soon about who we have in the finals and what our predictions will be. Yeah, I mean, this is what it's all been leading up to is the is the finals. So we're in these uh, last last minute uh, last games going into it. So we'll have to see what happens. But until next time.